Good morning and welcome, beautiful thinkers. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, I forget the other major holidays, but welcome. So I don't have an interview for you today, but I do have this special episode. A few months ago, my friend Erica Harris asked me to record a guest spot, a sound selfie for her podcast, The Work of the empath and you can check out her podcast on the site empathicwriter.com and have a listen to what other people have contributed to her project and the question the key question that she asks is what is the work what is the calling of an empath what is the person supposed to do if they do have the ability, as most of us do, to feel or tap into the emotions of others, tap into the emotions of ourselves, and also have the intellectual ability to see things from other people's perspective. Well, that's a broad reckoning of her question, but that's, <laughs> that's basically it. And so in this episode, I attempt to answer this question and talk about the role of empathy in therapy about holding space, about Carl Rogers, and trying to answer that question, basically. So <laughs> remember to check out empathicwriter.com. That's Erica's podcast. Check out my website, our website, beautifulpodcast.com. If you need some coaching with your emotions, or you think you could benefit by hanging out with me for an hour and talking about What's going on in your mind? Of course, check out beautifulpodcast.com. You see at, on the header, it says CBT services, and you can book a session with me. You can explore your problems and talk about what a possible solution would be or talk about what the real challenge is, what you really want out of life, and start to formulate a plan together about how you can help or how you can begin to achieve that greater state of contentment, fulfillment, alignment with your life's purpose and values in your life. So check that out, beautifulpodcast.com, empathicgrinder.com. Let's begin. This is a beautiful thought. Hello everyone, this is Kurt Robinson. Erica asked me to do a sound selfie for her podcast talking about the work of, of the empath, or I might call it the calling of the empath. So I've got a few ideas about this. To be honest, I feel a little, I don't know, nervous, afraid, I'm not sure what, a little bit of trepidation about saying these things, I guess is in part because I'm worried that maybe I'll say something wrong and <laughs> uh, poorly define myself. Or on the other side, I guess is this is partly because I I have the, <laughs> the fear of defining myself clearly and uh, holding myself to it. <laughs> but let's talk about this. I have a, a, quite a few ideas and a scribble down here. One thing I remember when I was 17 and I was starting to have some of these very intense experiences. 
So I was backstage at the amateur theater in my hometown and there was this certain girl uh, around my age and she had some problems. She had a childhood full of abuse and I don't know exactly what happened, but for some reason it started to, to strike me. I don't even know if she was talking about it in that moment, but I started to feel all this weight, all this intense sadness, maybe self-hate or abnegation. And I, I really just, I thought, okay, I've got to get out. I've got to get out of here. And I went walking around the streets and I just started weeping. It was that in, intense. And uh, I guess at that time I didn't really understand what was happening. I mean, I had some some kind of idea, but it was very unusual to think that somehow I could take on the burden of another person. And I don't know, I mean, in that context, perhaps it wasn't really useful apart from, uh, I mean, like, I don't know if it alleviated her burden, but I guess the insight for me was, okay, I guess people can have a very different life than me like by comparison my my life was quite simple quite easy so overwhelming and i remember just a couple of weeks ago a friend of mine came over here to to my home in guadalajara and it's like this is a fellow from the united states here in mexico and he's starting to feel some kind of culture shock he's like I don't understand how things are going on here. A woman was almost stalking him. It was a very unusual experience for him. And he was very stressed about it. And in those moments, I just sat with him and I could feel the stress. And here's the thing. We're naturally socially cre social creatures. And if somebody is feeling stressed... And you can just be there and be calm with them. Eventually, they will become calm as well. That's what will happen most of the time. It's like a mirror response, an empathic response, if you will. And it's also, you know, it probably goes a lot beyond that. And talking about vibrations, you know, emotional energy in the environment. There's probably a lot of elements to it that we don't fully understand. But it seems that. By being there with someone when they feel stressed and feeling a little bit of what they feel, helping them process it, processing it for yourself, somehow you manage to guide them out of that state as well. That's, that's what has happened in my experience. I think a lot about... Carl Rogers. You might call him the other Mr. Rogers. So Carl Rogers was this humanist psychologist, one of the founders of humanist psychology. The thing is, like, talk, telling that story there about sitting there with my friend and experiencing his emotions and trying to process it and feeling calm, a lot of people will call that holding space, which is a, a term which invites a lot of derision because it sounds like something very airy-fairy or something, something very, <laughs> uh, it's like, 
Uh, it's just a buzzword that that hippies say, and people have their memes about it, which is fine. Uh, it's interesting though, because if we're trying to think, trying to analyze what is holding space, well, it turns out we don't have to analyze it that much, because the other Mister Rogers, Carl Rogers, has already analyzed that for us. So if you read this book, it's actually an amazing book. I highly recommend it. It's called. On becoming a person, which is is a bit of a funny title, but the idea is like you can give somebody a space in which to be themselves, and that is when they they really become themselves. They become a person, so to speak. So there's a great video that I saw of Carl Rogers, and he's sitting there with this young black man, and. This this fellow is very conflicted. He's like, you know, sometimes I feel so angry. I feel so angry with society, and and has some problems that arise from differences in race and and these things. And he also feeling this anger. He a lot of the time doesn't want to express it or even feel it because he's afraid of the perception that he's going to be seen as militant or some kind of criminal or something. And Rogers says to the man, "Listen, you are free here to be angry with me." And the young man says, "Do you really mean that?" And Carl Rogers says, "Damn straight." And you can see in that moment, it's, it's a really touching moment. What Rogers might call a, a moment of therapy. Because you see in the young man's eyes that now he he knows he won't be judged, and he can be himself, whatever that means, even if it's something something that we would prefer to hide from sometimes. This beautiful book on becoming a person. Rogers talks about the three conditions for therapy, and the first one. Maybe it's not a surprise. The first one is empathy. So it's not just emotional empathy, like this psychic or you know this this human uh, <laughs> ability that we have to feel other people's emotions. It's also intellectual empathy. So going one step beyond actually putting ourselves into people's shoes and saying, you know, what would life be like if I saw things the way they do? But of course, we also have this this benefit of being able to be uh, take take a step out of that as well. So, if somebody is locked or trapped within their own worldview, then we can see it from their worldview, and we can see a bit beyond. So, hopefully, we can guide them out of that. The other, the second thing is congruence. So, like I said, on on becoming a person. Being a person, being who you really are. So, like, if we go into a, a session of therapy or as as a counselor or a coach, and we're actually feeling frustrated, but we try to put on a happy face and pretend that everything is all fine, well, that's actually, in in a sense, is setting a bad example. Because if I put up a mask, I'm saying through my actions, it's okay for you to put up a mask. Which is not what we want. What we want to do is model this congruence, model being exactly what we are, be feeling what we feel, 
and acting in, in alignment with what we feel, which doesn't necessarily mean expressing ourselves violently or aggressively or anything like that. But we can be real with our emotions. And, and if we feel frustrated or something, we can be honest about it. Because why not? Actually, I find that life is a lot more interesting when we are honest. So we're modeling this, this behavior. And then the third one is, it's interesting because <laughs> this doesn't sound uh, scientific at all. It, <laughs> Rogers calls it unconditional positive regard. Well, I think if <laughs> maybe if uh, he were being even less scientific, he might have called it unconditional love, but you can't put that in a textbook. So <laughs> unconditional positive regard, like when someone knows that you, you're not going to judge them and you're going to feel good about them regardless, like, hey, this is a, a human being. I like this guy. <laughs> even despite his flaws or maybe even because of his flaws, you know, because sometimes our flaws turn out to be virtues. As Napoleon Hill said, every, every adversity contains within it the seed of an equal or greater advantage. So this is the, the formula from Rogers in a sense for what it means to hold space, being empathetic with somebody on an emotional level and an intellectual level and being congruent, so modeling being really who you are <laughs> and unconditional positive regard. So even if somebody feels angry, for example, you're still going to like them and why not? Uh, I also find that life is a lot more interesting when you like people. It's not always easy to do. I know. <laughs> so... Let's see what else I got here. Having experienced so many extremes of emotion, we know how to handle them. Hmm. I wrote this the other day. I forgot exactly what I wrote. But this is like... Because if you are em empathetic, then sometimes you'll tune into a lot of things. And you start to notice, actually, people don't understand their own emotions and people don't know how to process their own emotions. Either they haven't learned, you know, nobody ever taught them or they just they didn't even realize it was possible because that's the thing, too. It's like people get caught in the, these emotional loops and they don't even realize, hang on, I can practice a thing like my friend is studying gestalt therapy. And she told me she had a recent breakup and she was like, it was much easier because now I know these techniques. So in, in uh, gestalt therapy and probably other types of therapy, they say, lean into it, lean into that pain or that heartbreak. A lot of the time we try to run from it. But why? You know, why, why run from something which is actually a little gift? Might not seem like a gift, <laughs> but it is. Uh you know, heart, heartbreak, sadness. A friend of mine who's an artist said to me that sadness is one of the most beautiful emotions. Well, we might not think of it like that, but it is. Uh, so many times I feel an emotion and I don't know why, where it comes from. I can shut it out, push it out, push it down. 
But no, it's not what I do. I say, this is mine now. I will do right by it. Now, it's interesting, with these emotions within ourselves, just like when Carl Rogers talks about giving therapy for others, we can also give therapy to ourselves. So we can be empathetic with ourselves, be forgiving, be congruent, really feel the way we feel, really act the way we feel. I don't try to hide it in our, in our actions. Don't try to lie to ourselves. But be it. Be it. Experience it. And unconditional positive regard. So feel that for ourselves, for our own emotions, not judge our anger, not say, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be frustrated. No, it's all right to be frustrated. And I like myself even when I'm frustrated. <laughs> what is the calling of the empath? I want to try to try to wrap this up. The calling of the empath, I think it's this. You know, if I had to put out a rough sketch, I think it is one, to understand ourselves, understand our own emotions. I'm not sure exactly where this quote comes from. The quote is, we can only understand others to the extent and the manner we understand ourselves. Didn't hear it attributed to Albert Ellis, one of the founders of cognitive behavioral therapy. We understand ourselves. And thereby, number two, we can understand others. And by understanding others, we allow them to understand themselves. And of course, that is this huge <laughs> domino effect. I don't know if there's another term for it, domino effect, because it's like things are falling down, right? <laughs> but what if it's, uh, I can't think of a metaphor where you're actually picking <laughs> picking up people, like uh, paying it forward, I guess, might be another way to say it. So we help others to understand themselves. And of course, many of them will go on to help even more people understand themselves. And that is what's going to move humanity forward and keep having wonderful experiences. Oh, that's not too cheesy. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Erica, for, for this opportunity to come on your podcast and give this sound selfie. Please check out my podcast. It's called a beautiful thought. You can check out the website on beautifulpodcast.com or go on Spotify or Podcast Addict, Apple, iTunes, whatever you use. Search for a beautiful thought. My name is Kurt Robinson and have a good time. That is the most important thing. Adios. A beautiful thought. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Once again, check out Erica Harris's podcast, The Work of the Empath. The web address is empathicrider.com. And of course, you can subscribe to her podcast on Spotify and other podcasting services to enjoy her sweet voice <laughs> gently guiding you into a state of relaxation 
empathicwriter.com. And please check out my website, beautifulpodcast.com. Please subscribe on Spotify and, and other podcasting apps. And most importantly, the most important thing, have a good time.